I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my, my eagerness to fight. They set me on a path from which there's no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost. And by the time I look down, there's no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my, what is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Now the ego that started this fight will never have a, a mirror or an audience or, or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything for the Republic! Frequency 1138 is all clear and clanker free. This is Clone Army Radio. Execute Order 66. Good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Begun. The Clone War has. I found them. Repeat, I found them. <laughs> what is up, Colon Army? Welcome back to the best accidental Star Wars podcast this side of the galaxy. We're just simple clones making our way. Get ready for the nod. Like a father before us. <laughs> I was late. I don't care. It is what it is. It's all good. Nobody sees it. So nobody nobody ever, yeah. Maybe one day people will see it and then they'll see how goofy we are. Right. <laughs> Please we'll all don't. have to wear masks. <laughs> well, make yeah, making sure I have my haircut that day too. Yeah. We'll just all do yeah. the John Cena. You can't see us. Yes. Oh, I can't see it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so as per usual, I'm John, and I'm joined by Charlie and Leto. Right. Hello, hello. Hi. Yes. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> and also as per usual, for like what the tenth time already, we're back for more Andor. Yeah. <laughs> and. And I don't know, or door and or Ooh, is that like Hodor? Ooh. Oh, is there a time? Hold the Andor, dude. Poor Hodor. I think we just joined the two franchises, you know. And actually, <laughs> when you say that, is this like kind of Star Wars's Game of Thrones? Yes, <laughs> it feels that way to me. Oh, not to like skip ahead. <clears throat> but that entire conversation between Mon Mothma and Davos, ha, appropriate, um, ah. was so Game of Thrones. She was so right with like the kind of Cersei parallels and like, mm-hmm. ooh. Marrying off your child and just all that stuff. Yeah. I love that scene. I love that scene. I yeah. loved it. And then like to also jump ahead, the um, when Kino, when he's like, he's standing in that water after it shorts out the floor and he just kind of looks up and goes, attack. It totally took me to like one of the first times Jon Snow and all of them fought the, the White Walkers. Yes. And I'm oh. like, there's like some some Game of Thrones mm-hmm. influence or something in here. So I don't know. This episode totally changed a lot of my feelings on Andor as a whole. I, I still think I still think overall it's it's a little slower than a slow burn should be. But like I think I messaged you, Charlie. I was like, this episode was effing awesome, um, intense. Just like 
I don't know. I, it was the first time I didn't fall asleep watching Andor. When I tell you this man was frothing at the mouth to talk to me about this episode, asking me, <laughs> had I watched it? Had I seen it? Could he talk to me about it? Wasn't it incredible? It blew my mind. It really did. I know I've, I'm, I'm the only one who sounds like a broken record. I've come to every single one of these episodes being like, it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's amazing. No, this time, seriously, yeah, <laughs> it was wipe the floor with the rest of the episodes. Yeah. Right. I um I was really excited when it was Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was like Mandalorian excited. Like mm. this episode for some reason I knew something was gonna happen. And I was like like that had that Christmas feeling, like, yes, it's Wednesday. <laughs> That's cute. I wanna I can watch it. You know what I mean? And I couldn't wait. And I went first thing I could get a chance and I watched it. And I was like mouth agape the whole time. Mm-hmm. Just like wow. Like yes, wow, yes, oh wow. And um, I was like, um, that's a kid and candy store. And I loved it. And I and uh, I add this to the episodes that should be season one. Like, you know, an episode in the beginning, uh, one with the eye, episode seven in this one should be season one, like for sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first time you were feeling like the Mando excitement. Yes, mm-hmm. that's, I was. That's where I was at the end of the episode. I'm like, oh, shit. I, I mean, oh, poop. I can't wait until next week. You know, like. <laughs> That's the first time I felt this way, um, even after uh, episode seven, which was my favorite one up until now. Um, this one just it, it blew it away, and and I I watched it again shortly after. Lito, I even texted you, you know, later that day. I was like, "Did you watch it?" And you're like, "I'm not saying anything." But <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> you know, I watched this a couple of days ago, and for real, like I'm still, I think my heart's broken still. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. from that final scene where he's like, I can't swim. And I'm like, oh, man, dude, I'm still feeling it. You know, it can hurts. I, can I can I give you guys some? That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think I would. The thing is, is, I don't think I would stop. I mean, I wouldn't want to stay there. But no, I don't know how to swim. And there's like a little backstory to oh. that that oh. made me never want to until like my adult years and now i'm like god i'm an adult and i have to try to go and learn how to swim and it just makes me feel dumb but that would be me i i was like yeah but at the same time i'm like okay so i stay here and get tortured or i drown i, I don't know i mean i think i would jump and hope that maybe cassian or somebody would be like let's help you get you know get to shore here <laughs> you know i wish they would have thrown like something out there for the non-swimmers Ooh, the floaties, like the arm yeah. floaties. Yeah, I don't know. Right? Take some of the moon boots. That <laughs> yes. Right there, you go. Um, do you guys on that subject? Do you guys think that he knew that all along? I think he knew it all along. Yeah. That the one way out was jumping in the water, and that's why he looked so scared through this mm-hmm. whole episode. And why he's been so hesitant since we were introduced to him in the prison to do anything because he knows that yes, maybe they could escape, but one way out for him is death. Yeah. <laughs> right. But or, we didn't see him die. Right. Thank you, John. Oh, I'm sorry. Or, yes. The whole, the whole, there's, there was no body, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. And there was right. a whole room of guys. I'm sorry. Go. 
I'm going to raise this absolute madness now before we get into the actual like meat and potatoes of the show. This is madness. <laughs> no, it is. It is. So the fans' wild theory is Andy Serkis has been very, very quick to quell this in interviews. But the theory is, is that he's the only one who stays behind because he can't swim. He's captured. He's tortured by the Empire. Palpatine takes a very specific interest in this one rogue prisoner who seemed to control an entire prison of people. And Kino's DNA is what becomes the Strangcast face for Snoke. I'm 100% behind that. like mad. <laughs> I'm, put me on that, on that group of people. I, I like it. Yeah, nice. I, I like it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, almost, it's almost so ridiculous that it's believable. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what gets me about it. It's like, oh, you know what? I, if I could just about get behind it. And like when he's talking through that PA system, it's like you just hear Snoke speaking through it. Mm-hmm. That's all I heard. Um, totally. Not the only person who said that. Okay. That's. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, if, if it happens, cool. If it doesn't, whatever. But yeah, I, I mean, if that's the only way we get Kino to come back is is he's, you know. He's not back. He's, he never left. Well, well, right. But it would mostly just be like his DNA. It wouldn't be the same guy, right? Does he have the same mm-hmm. color eyes as Snoke? I don't think he does. They were blue. Snoke's eyes were at, blue, I think. At Google, what color are Snoke's eyes? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the math? Like, I haven't done the math to like figure out how old he would be. Um, not that old, right? Like, it's only how many years? Like, maybe thirty years in the future? Is that what oh, we're talking like about? For Snoke. Yeah. Probably. I mean, he was pretty shriveled up. I mean, they found like all those tanks with all of those repeat clones in, like all of those failed clones. So I'm assuming right. it's like a repeated process to get the final product. Yeah. And once his DNA is hypothetically extracted, there's no need for the body anymore. So a disposable kind of asset. Yeah. Maybe that's what we saw in the Mandalorian in that one scene. Yeah. Uh, where they go to that, um, that outpost or whatever. Yeah, they saw the guy mm-hmm. in the pickle jar. So yeah, maybe that's him. Could be <laughs> the first attempt at making Snoke with gotta with love Kino's it. DNA. Mm. The voice, the voice is already there. I mean, the voices. Right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Palpatine hears that voice. You know, like they play back the the breakout, and he's like, "I mm. like the sound of this." I guy. like that. Can we can we key that in? Can can I have that? Right. <laughs> Record that call. Yeah. Add that to my Tesla horn. <laughs> Charlie, didn't you call the part where uh, Han Solo is going to be talking or someone's going to be talking through the Han Solo uh, desk piece? Yeah, I, I guessed somebody would be using the PA, but the bit that reminded me the most of the Han Solo moment is when they burst into the control room and that poor, we finally see the voice behind the on program. Okay. And it's this weedy, geeky looking bloke. And he's so scared. His default sentence is, you're not supposed to be in here. Well, duh. (laughs) (laughs) That was very, I'm fine. How are you? (laughs) Right. Hey, Charlie, do we know this guy? The the actor guy? Does he been in anything? Like, is he, they kind of gave him like a, a, set up like we should know who he is yeah i didn't recognize him from anything okay. but i know there are i don't know if you guys have seen the chernobyl series they're like mini yes. series mm-hmm. yeah there were quite a lot of actors from chernobyl in this episode interesting because that has that same same type of room mm. um that they the control room looks similar yeah okay, cool 
Very good. All right. Um, yeah, man, I was like, why Why is there a guy standing there saying I'm program all the time? You would think they would use a recording for that. I mean, it seems, you know, not necessary. It to, but it's it's cool. It's cool. It's, you know, antiquated. I, I enjoy the constant nudges towards the idea that the Empire is so stretched thin, but also guilty of something like our workforce is the guilty of, which is giving unnecessary like necessary bodies to unnecessary jobs that don't actually need doing. They could quite easily have that automated. They right. don't. They have a person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, well, I, mean, I think that they have. They, those guys were monitoring it though, so they had to have somebody. Oh, true. You know, like if you're not, because I think they were the ones that pressed the button for the floor, so they have to keep track of it all. Um, I love how all of the floor buttons are encased in a little plastic flip lid. I'm sorry, my intrusive thoughts every single day would be push the button. Yeah. <laughs> Open it up, push the button. <laughs> the red candy shiny like button. <laughs> nice. <laughs> red and snippy. But uh, well, also, like I was thinking, the guy, the guy talking all the time reminded me of Austin Powers at the end, where there's a guy talking into that like like megaphone thing, and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> And he's doing the countdown and stuff. Oh my gosh, Austin Powers nails it. See, I was thinking of of Spaceballs when oh, they go course. into Yogurt's uh, cave and it's like the big statue, and he comes walking out like Wizard of Ozish. You know? Oh, it was very Wizard of Oz. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you hoi to me. You hoi to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just plain yogurt. <laughs> Um, wow! Yeah, there's just there's so many like quotes too in this episode, but the quotes, the quotes, oh, oh the yeah. quotes, yeah, like there's just too many. You could do a whole episode on the quotes. <laughs> I was thinking, my first thought was like, which quote is John going to use to begin this episode? Yeah, I uh, was I was watching it and I was like, if it's, I hope it's, I hope it's some of Luthen's like little monologue at the end. <laughs> yeah, you guys will just have to wait until I put the episode out i guess what's funny is people listening to this know the answer right but we <laughs> yeah no I, me and the listeners know the answer it holds a paradox you people are so lucky out there <laughs> i hope people i hope people appreciated my my throwing of princess vespa at the beginning of last week's episode nobody <laughs> oh that's right that was so good see i wish we could get those so i can we can real time you know, compliment. Mm. This, but it's cool. this episode was co-written by Tony Gilroy, who oh, okay. wrote House of Cards. Oh, really? So no wonder it's got that kind of high dialogue, big monologue, very political, very kind of... I, I need to talk about this conversation between Mon Mothra and Davos. It, it blew my mind. The kind of... It's that that thing that adults and politicians do when you're talking to somebody about something, but you're not actually you're inferring what you're wanting to say, and it mm -hmm. the double it talk was incredible. Mm. Oh boy, yes, that was so like holy crap! This is awesome. Like yeah, Game of Thrones ish, mm -hmm. you know, saying something but meaning something else, and uh, the stakes are super high. I mean, they are like talking about like marriages and they're talking about deals and they're talking and they're like, oh, my gosh, they're so like straight laced faced. They know what they're saying. They're speaking in a different language, mm -hmm. kind of, but speaking in, like in case anyone's listening or whatever. And it's like I think it's all like mannerisms and 
you know, body language. And and one thing I wanted to notice is she's sitting slightly off center. I don't know, like, what do you guys think about that? She's leaning towards him a little bit. Like, if you look at the three shot where the three where you can see all three of them in the half circle, mm-hmm. she's like she's sitting slightly to the to the right. Like, she's not directly in the center. I don't know. If you guys caught that? If it means anything, I don't know. I, I saw, I noticed, but I don't know, like, what it would mean. I don't know either. I'm just thinking she's leaning. You, Yeah, I know. You think, like, oh, that's not a big deal. But, like, <clears throat> I know from filmmaking, it's there's got to be something, a meaning to that. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing's unintentional. Nothing's, you know, everything. She They could have easily have said, scooch to the left a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you're right in right. the center. I mean, and there's also, you don't want to, like, put things in the center, too. You know what I mean? You, that's another thing. But I'm like, I don't know. I'm thinking that's got to do something with how she's leaning. And, and you know, she's leaning towards going with this guy, the Davos guy. Mm-hmm. Myself, but. I could theorize on it. It sort of leads into another point I had about this episode anyway. Thank you, Lito. Ah. Um, this episode is very much a balance of dark and light, like specifically uh, Luthan and Mon Mothma. Every time we see Mon Mothma, she's brightly lit, very light, very airy. And every time we see Luthan, he's in like the depths of the city. He's in dark and shadows and capes and drama. Um, It's very much this balance of the light and the dark side of the rebellion. Mon Mothma is very pure and business and organized and things have to be done the right way and through the right people and the right channels. Whereas Luthan, like Saw Gerrera, is much more inclined to get his hands dirty. He will kill, steal, murder, obliterate. He will be, he will do as the Empire does. And I think Mon Mothma is realising very, very quickly that if she wants to win this, if she wants to succeed and survive, she has to lean the way Luthan and Saw are going. Because it's the only way. It's one way out. Yes, like one way out, which has been a lovely the... recurring thing through this episode. Yeah. Thank you, Johnny. Like well, everyone's well. All, all about the prison. But yeah, Mon mm-hmm. is also with her dealing with her own one way out. Yep. Mon's in a prison. Luthan's in a prison. Everyone's in a prison. Mm-hmm. Cyril's in a prison of love and infatuation. <laughs> yeah, the House of Dragons kind of touched on this. You you're just building an another prison for yourself type of theme yes. too, which is kind of interesting. You know, you're just building a different prison. You know, it's like the, the argument people make about like, well, yes, Anakin's a freed slave, but now he's joined the Jedi Order. That's out of one prison into another prison, and the same for Cassian. He's out of this prison. Now he's in the prison of the rebellion, which, as we've seen in the last in this last episode, right at the end, it is a prison. You can't escape. You can't stop. And uh, oh, beautiful, beautiful writing, stunning. Yeah. On that note, too, um, we've heard several characters like throughout the series: um, Vel, I think Mon Mothma, Luthen, maybe even Sinta, all saying we took a vow. What is this vow? When did it happen? And like, what? I mean, obviously they're devoting their lives to the rebellion. I'm assuming, but when did they do this? Is what I want to know. Are we ever going to, you know, get to see this this take place when it happened, like a flashback or something? Because mm. that's that's the response every time someone's like, you know, shaking hands. You know, not shaking hands with people, but shaky hands, like nervous. It's like we took a vow. Like, step up. Interesting. Wow. That's a prison as well. 
Yeah, yeah, because you, you're setting yourself up your boundaries, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like marriage. Oh, he said it. <laughs> he said it. And now I can say it because apparently Jennifer listened to our last episode. So now if she listens to this, she's going to be like, you creep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's a decision you're making. I had this conversation with somebody at work and talk, asked me about marriage. And I'm like, look, it's about a decision that you make. You know what I mean? Like you choose to go down this path. Mm-hmm. And you choose and you, you kind of like have to everything that this path has kind of been set, like you kind of have to deal with that. Like that's the rules. But you you enter into it, you know, for free will, you know what I mean? And that's that decision right there is the oath you take, you know, and you, you swear it, you know, in public mm-hmm. and um, just know that if you ever stray from the path that you've made this decision <laughs> right. and everybody knows about it. Mm-hmm. So everyone, you know, you're going to, you know, what's that say about you as a person, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Charlie, did you say you played the force unleashed game? I did. I've actually been playing it over the last couple of days. I've been really enjoying it. Brilliant. Did Brilliant fun. <laughs> did you ever finish the first? I think it was the first one. Yeah, I have finished the first one. Didn't they do like with, with young Leia, maybe Bail Organa, Starkiller, and some other couple of characters like around a table at one point taking a vow. This is me going back a long time because I think I didn't finish the game until I later back when it came out. But don't remember that from the first one. I believe I played the first one and the DLCs, and it basically concludes with spoilers anyone, sorry. Um Starkiller goes on like a rampage and kills everybody and like Leia turns out to be a Jedi and she's got a lightsaber and robes and he kills her and Oh really? Yeah, he goes on like a whole I don't remember that. He killed Leia? In the game. In the yeah, game. In the game. I mean, oh. It's not canon, but I, I it's not I it's not canon, don't there worry. There's a moment that he like he did go and work with the rebellion. And like Possibly. was part of starting the rebellion. And I was just wondering if maybe that's obviously it's not canon or anything that I know of, but maybe this is like this vow taking thing that that Luther mm. and all of them are talking about. Maybe they met up, you know, in this dark corner of Coruscant and you know, sliced their finger open. Yeah, I was gonna say blood and sat <laughs> on their hands and all shook like one of those. Right. You ever notice in movies and stuff, not to go off too far, but when people like slice their hand or their finger, like, I mean, I get paper cuts and that shit hurts. Stuff hurts. Like these people are just willingly slicing their hand mm-hmm. and they're just like, yeah, drip some blood. I don't know. I mean, I like to think I'm tough, but that would hurt. <laughs> Johnny defeated by a paper cut. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I have like a whole page breakdown of Luthen's like whole speech at the end and about the vow he takes because I have a slightly different take on all of it because it was all a bit so all of it, it was, hmm. there were some suggestions in that speech that I think are quite exciting I may be completely off base who knows um, but I never considered that other people have been talking about a vow completely forgot about that connection you're right what if this is some like underground i guess with all the symbols like we already know Mm. that kind of hobo code is used at least with like the jedi path right so we're already familiar with those symbols and that pattern of underground communication so it could just be like all of the rebels banded together when they decided to start this and were like right (laughs) 
Yeah, how do they know all those like symbols? Because like Cleo, when she went to talk to Val mm-hmm. a few episodes back, like kind of followed those arrows. You even see that in the Mandalorian when he found the new covert where uh, the armorer and yeah, uh, Paz Vizsla were in Boba Fett. Yes. Um, you're seeing it. Not that they're connected to this, but it's just it's a a similar thing we're seeing a lot. Mm-hmm. It's been an idea that's been explored in the last three live action things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, like like uh, like some sort of uh, when 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 uh, Kobe Obi Wan they had that they were they had uh, the Jedi that they had that little cave or whatever or yeah tunnel. the Jedi path one of the same yeah. houses yeah. and there were all those symbols on the wall and right that's a good Dan I didn't catch that that's a good point ooh I wonder if that connects any of this Andor stuff to um oh God I'm not gonna remember his name now Ice Cube's son's character. <laughs> Oh. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Hmm. Because I remember, I remember O'Shea Jackson uh, tweeting something like, "Wait until people figure out who I am." Like back before his character showed up <gasps> in Obi Wan. No way. So maybe they're. I don't know. Just throwing it out there, just because I just Why thought not? of it. But <laughs> all those symbols that people are following around. Who the heck is you know who the heck came up with it and yeah. it's like secret handshakes but across the galaxy it's it's interesting it's a web but yeah like a web that goes pretty deep I don't know apparently so oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just had a thought and can I share thesis please Crimson Dawn. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Crimson Dawn. Darth Maul. Yeah, what is he up to at this point in the time? Like where is he? Is he got legs? Is he with the Night Sisters? I'm I'm confused. Oh, he might be in Rebels at this point. Ah. I'm trying to think. I still don't know the whole like timeline of Rebels and I'm slowly or... getting my head around it, I think, slowly. Yeah. What if Darth Maul is behind a revenge for the emperor, you know. Yeah. Like, like you know, casting him aside for Anakin, and then fighting him again in um, Clone Wars, and you know. Hmm. But if we haven't heard the last of old Darthy, you know, killing his brother, whatnot. Yeah. You know, what if he is in charge of the rebellion? You know. In charge of the rebellion. I mean, yeah, like I mean, making making the underground and all this stuff, and hmm. you know, just being someone just to throw chaos into the mix, and that's what he does. Yeah. Well, people are theorizing we're going to potentially get some kind of big Star Wars cameo, either like in season two or at the end of this season, and could be Darth Wall. It could be. There seems to be a lot of noise around it potentially being Palpatine because he's been name dropped quite a lot. Right. Like he's been mentioned at least once every couple of episodes, specifically by name or just by like the chancellor. Yeah. Um, Sweet lasting revenge. Yes. Yeah. You never know. Cause there's also yeah. not been any sort of mention or hint of Vader particularly. So he's probably off doing moody Anakin things. I don't know. <laughs> oh, he's trying to get, resurrect uh, Padme. Yeah. He's busy trying yeah. to resurrect Padme. <laughs> and his castle. He's reading Darth Plagueis's book. <laughs> How his <dare>. his manifesto. <laughs> He's there with a cork board and some pins and some string. Like I can do this. 
Uh, it's interesting about Darth Maul. I, I, I mean, you never know. He was, he never really worked with the good guys, but to take Palpatine out, he tried. Like he tried to get Ahsoka to join him. So I yeah. mean, you never know. You never know what that guy would do. I mean, yeah. By time like they reach him, like by time his brother reaches him in Clone Wars, he's like mad, isn't he? And oh yeah, and he's got spider. Robot legs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, he looks really cool. He looks like some. He looks like um the Rock in the Mummy film. <laughs> oh yeah, the the Scorpion. He looks like the king. Scorpion King. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the people's eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, she can do it. <laughs> I can. Um, nobody look at me. Um, I this is a, like a little bit of uh, like interesting cool trivia. Um, this episode of Andor has fixed a continuity error from A New Hope. Really, really. So in the beginning of A New Hope, when we see um, the rebels being attacked by Darth Vader and he takes Leia and all of that, um, they're holding DH eighteen blasters, which are Imperial issue blasters, and that's what are used in this episode in the Prison Break. That's what the guards have. That's what the prisoners steal. So it's uh-huh. implied that those rebel soldiers we see at the start of A New Hope who are protecting Leia and the Death Star plans are some of the same ones who escaped this prison cell. Oh. And that's that fixed, because obviously it wasn't explained before how could a bunch of rebel soldiers have Imperial if they've never fought the Empire, but unlike it, it didn't make any sense to a lot of fans, but this episode specifically fixed. Yeah, and they were on a diplomatic mission. Why would they need guns? Yeah. Exactly. Whoa, that's big. That's a big. Wow, they fixed it. I did appreciate the use of those blasters. I'm like, because they had the silver uh, tips on the barrels, and I'm like, yes, that's, that's cool. I, I thought those things looked that have those. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Um, we'll throw back to where it all started. Oh, right. Uh, do you guys have a favorite shot in this episode? Like something that really stood out to you? Me, pick me. <laughs> yes, Charlie, go ahead. <laughs> Do it. Um, Do it. The overhead shot of the prison and no. the white shape and the deep blue water and the white prisoners swimming away like stars exploding into the sky. And it was paralleled with the image we saw in the control room of the prison and the dots coming inward. And just it. After all the hype and all of these incredibly close quarter, almost claustrophobic shots where you're up in everyone's face to suddenly have freedom and fresh air. And yeah, it was hope like, you know, doves flying and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. That was the shot that really took my breath away in this episode. Nice. Absolutely. That was, that was one of mine. Lido. What, you were... The same one. That's the same nice. one. But but I mean, it's great. Yeah, you picked it. That was my number one. But um, I also liked that that shot I'd mentioned earlier. Um, but um, you know, I also but but something that also I have to like kind of I like the fact that um, we saw only two people at the end walk away like on land, and mm-hmm. that just filled me up with so many more questions that like I like had like another half hour episode in my head. You know, oh, like yeah, <laughs> just from the from the water, you know, from that that shot, uh, Charlie, you're talking about to mm-hmm. to the to, to we see the two guys on land. Like I've I've made a whole episode in my head about that. <laughs> oh, hundred nice. percent. It's yeah. full like Titanic score. Um, half a bit of ship. One of them's clinging on to. Don't let go. Um, 
right. Yeah, like I like their whole uh, like a monster came in and ate like thirty yeah. of them. Uh, you know what I mean? A couple of them there's drowned. There's um, gotta be a big fish. Always yes. Um, yeah. Did you guys? Okay, I don't think either of you guys said that the prison was in the shape of the imperial cog, though. <gasps> did you not? I am what? such a stupid baby. How did I not see that? That's so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> that was like the first thing. As soon as it zoomed out, I'm like, holy poop. Oh, like, yeah. They love a theme. They yeah. do love a theme. So, right? so what What are they making? Do we, do we still not know? Death star, death star, death you star. Know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if it isn't. But also those things they were making were kind of shaped like the Imperial Cog. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. My my thought when I think Andy Circus said something about I heard that he said something about it. It's significant, whatever they're building. And Andor also says and I wrote the line down, but I don't feel like looking for it. Uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Obviously, something like obviously whatever we are building is, you know, a big deal for the Empire. Um, I'm starting to wonder if it's like those those. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, if it's not the Death Star, <laughs> I'm wondering if maybe it's the um, the one Tie Fighter that they build in Rebels. Um, it's like a little different than I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but you know, it's a different version of Tie Fighter. But that was also my favorite shot. That you know that that the whole situation that both of you guys described, but also my backup one was when they're in the prison before. Like Kino says, you know, let's make it look good. And they're walking down that hall and Kino's walking. And then you see, I think it's Jembok behind him. And then Cassian's next to Kino. And he's, he keeps looking at Kino like, is he, you know, is he for real this time? Are we doing this? Yeah. For sure? And it was just like the look on Andy Serkis's face was like eye of the tiger at that moment. Like he didn't show any fear there. He was like, all right, we're going to we're going to do this. Um, I I would like to title this episode um, Andy Serkis versus Stellan Skarsgård fighting for the best supporting actor in a TV series Emmy. Yeah, Ooh. no kidding. Both. I like um, that title. They were a hundred percent trying to outact each other, and it was stunning from start to finish. Best acting in Star Wars. Those um, two guys. I'm sure I've said this before on the Andor shows, but like Andy Serkis is one of my all-time favorite actors. Like a huge inspiration and a huge, huge fan of his work and his passion for the craft and his passion for acting. And if it wasn't for him portraying Gollum, then we wouldn't have the developments in CGI that we have and motion capture. And right. he is a pioneer and a legend. And it's a pleasure to see him just do his thing. Chew the scenery, chew the words. I don't mind, please. <laughs> the way he shouted, just the passion and the energy. I feel for my poor neighbours. I was like shouting at the top of my lungs with these prisoners, like, yeah, go, beat the hell out of them, do it. Attack. Attack. Climb. Another repetition of the, right. of the phrase climb wow. again. A couple times this episode we heard them say that. Yeah, Andy Serkis is great. Uh, like I said, I think him and and Stellan Skarsgård are the best acting in Star mm-hmm. Wars. I'll, I'll throw, you know what? I'll throw in Genevieve O'Reilly and Ewan McGregor. I mean, they're those those four oh. are probably the best yeah. that we've seen. Faux show. Um, one little quick little tidbit or you know scene that I liked. I liked the guy at the table that got shot and he got like blown away. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> man was on wires. Man got yanked yeah. across the set. For sure, the stunt work was amazing. Uh, like right when they get out of their little their little like assembly area, they get up to the um they get up to like the above the railing, and there's that little room right before the. Oh, okay, the yeah. There's a guy that's sitting there, and he's just like. He just he doesn't move. He just he just gets blown away. <laughs> it's, it's freaking awesome, dude. I'm like that dude got blown. That guy got blown mm-hmm. the schmitterines, man. That guy got got blown up. <laughs> That's good stuff, dude. <laughs> I mean, and he and he should have because he was you know he's just a bad guy. They must have felt because they've obviously repeated this system over multiple planets, over multiple like prison areas it becomes this idea that they're almost untouchable they are filled with the arrogance of the prisoners will never rebel because we'll just fry them and we'll fry them and we'll keep frying them and we don't care how many we kill because we're still winning and we're still in charge so of course when they're faced with an actual riot and an actual breakout of prisoners it it absolutely goes the way of the prisoners which is often what happens when you see it happening like modern society when big prison riots happen because these poor guards terrified for their lives completely freeze up mm-hmm. for sure good but in this in this case support for the prisoners free the prisoners <laughs> <laughs> attica yeah but um in another thing the the i i have to okay the toilet came into play a little bit because that is that the it toilet did. i was hoping, yeah, we did I was hoping you were sat there being like i was so close i was i was so close <laughs> Such a clever idea that Cassian, or at least one of them, have worked out that if you short the floor, it becomes unusable. Mm -hmm. That was a good move, except for that one guy that got it. But, you know, that was bad. But it happens. Somebody's got to get it. Right. On your feet, lose your seat. Sorry. Right. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't get it on the table quick enough. You know, floor is lava. (laughs) It is one big game of the floor is lava. Lovely. Um, Oh, did you notice the doctor? The, the doctor wasn't wearing moon boots. He's all barefoot, too. Mm. They don't even, I mean, I guess he was just a prisoner, but. Yeah. Thought that was interesting. They like, they clearly showed him when they were uh, zipping up Olaf to take him away. They showed the doctor barefoot, and I'm like, oh, so he could get zapped easily, too. Mm hmm. Horrifying. Yeah. These two episodes are going to make a good bingeable, like, rewatch, uh, like, a, if someone binges this whole season. These two episodes are going to be like very cool to see right next to each other, right? And mm-hmm. then that second. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Good point. Oh, on that note, big. didn't to, to me, this episode felt like a season finale the way it ended. It the did big a little. Monologue, the, the two guys running off, you know, from escaping and, and all that. I, I was like, oh, season's over, you know? Like it just, it makes me really wonder what the heck they're going to do in two more episodes. I know. Reveal, Ooh. reveal, and you know, it's like Lost on the last episode. They'll still be revealing new characters. <laughs> it is. It feels like there are so many storylines at the moment. I really can't work out. Usually, I'm quite good with this sort of thing, but I'm really at a loss as to whether even going to start tying this together when there's only two episodes left. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I wonder if they're going to show the um, the Anto Krieger. Set up. <gasps> yes. You know the empire's always got to get theirs. Like, you know, we've seen the rebels have a big win with the escape from prison. So I think maybe it's time to see the empire take out a rebel cell. 
Yeah, that would be <clears throat> that would be like nice balance, I think. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> good. Yeah, a little downer. That'd be good. Because this um, is, I'm definitely feeling up pretty high right now. Oh, massively. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was another really nice Easter egg in Luthan shop. Loved it. Um, Padme's headdress from Attack of the Clones. Oh, when really? When she's traveling to Naboo, the the one that he was like polishing. How did he get that? <laughs> See, I I theorized I think a few episodes back. These are either antiquities that he's collected because he was close with the kind of upper echelons of that society and able to gather things as those parts of like the the senate and the democracy were destroyed or he's just got some exceptionally good forgeries Mm. like i mean has invested money into immaculate forgeries to run this business because people will want these things etc etc it's either one of those i think oh that would explain how he has such a varied collection. Like there's there's all sorts in there. We've we've been through like a huge list. Right. He makes a comment that um hang on. I was losing my voice for a minute. Oh. He says something in his monologue about fifteen years ago and <sighs> Ghosts. I'm not. Uh, hopefully, I'm not stepping on your toes with with what you want to say about it. But the ghosts, ghosts are dreams with ghosts. And I'm like, he has to be maybe not necessarily connected to Jedi or anything, but he's some what he's got to be connected to that era in some way. Like you were just saying, Charlie, that you know, he, uh, some higher echelon or something. Right. <laughs> I some wonderful person on Reddit. Thank you. I wish I'd written down their username. Uh, transcribed uh, Luthen's entire like monologue. Ah. And when you read it through, if you view it from the perspective that he's like a Jedi or was connected to the Jedi Order, it it's ridiculous. It starts with um, calm, kindness, and kinship, all things that have been Jedi. used to talk about the Jedi. Absolutely. Um, I've given up all chance of inner peace. Mm. Anakin Skywalker is a brilliant example of that. Um, I share my dreams with ghosts. I can't help but think of force ghosts. That's how Jedi communicate. That's how the force works with the Jedi. Um, I woke up, I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there's only one conclusion. 15 years ago was order 66. What? Right. She did the math. Really, like, bluntly, exactly if we're talking specific Order 66, I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, and my unwillingness to yield. All issues that Jedi struggle with, specifically Anakin Skywalker, we know that story. That's the whole reason he's Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. God, these writers are really good. Um, They've set me on a path. There's been lots of mentions of the path. There's the Jedi path. There's the path. all of this sort of the path of the rebels. Um, without contemplating the cost, Jedi live in a bubble where all they want to do is help to the point where they completely miss, like Darth Sidious, they miss the Empire, like the Emperor's entire plan because they're so convinced they're helping and they're helping the Senate and the Republic. And it's no. <laughs> Blind faith, yeah. It's all about sacrifice. I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. Mm-hmm. The dark side, the force. Yeah. <laughs> it was it burn my life to make a sunrise I know I'll never see. If that isn't Rogue One foreshadowing, oh right, I don't know time. what is. For sure, beautiful. I know for like the sacrifice he's making for the next generation. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. He knows he's not going to make it out of this. And ego that started this fight, Anakin was driven by ego. Um, it, <laughs> sorry, it just made me very. If you re, if you choose to view it from that perspective, he's also the whole standing on the little tiny bridge with the big billowing cape. Yeah. Very, I'm a hidden Jedi. Thank you, thank you for letting me have my five minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, and and also uh, when he first showed up on screen, uh, well, on Ferrix at least, he was carrying, and I think. Leto might have pointed that out that his his walking stick looked like a lightsaber hilt. Oh, somebody pointed that out to me. It was I think, yeah, I, yeah, I, I I remember that. I think it may well have been Leto. I feel like uh, it was. So he, I don't know. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on him maybe <laughs> being a, a Jedi and hiding? I know Leto has some other theories about it, but yeah. like. Be, I guess before you guys answer that question, I had a thought, Lito, after you were sending me what you were thinking, and I'm like, he's almost like the light side Palpatine, though. Like, he's he's got his vanity, you know, his, I'm a, I'm a shop dealer, but I'm really, you know, this leader of the rebellion, whereas Palpatine's like, oh, you know, I'm the supreme chancellor, chancellor but really I'm a Sith Lord. So he's almost like a opposite, but... But I mean, what would what would that do to the show if he was a Jedi in hiding? I guess. Damn. Uh, <laughs> well, <Rude. laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> if he was a Jedi in hiding, that that got didn't get Order sixty six, then I mean, he's looking for revenge, man. I mean, just that simple. Yeah. And starting the whole thing all over again. With a whole new crop of people, because mm-hmm. uh, he's he's known a better way, I guess, where people had say in their life, and now they don't. Like I don't know. Like he'd probably try to get to that. Like only way he knows how, you know, by inspiring other people to, you know, stay on their posts and you know follow through on their mm. rebel commitments. Ooh, we saw that with Obi Wan towards the end of the Obi Wan Kenobi show when he was talking to all those people in that ship. He was like. You know, we've tried, you guys have helped me, let me return the favor kind of thing. So that's kind of, uh, it's kind of Jedi-like what he can't Luthen's doing. do it himself. Yes. Right. He needs, you know, the support. He needs people. He needs heroes. He says mm-hmm. it. Yeah, he says it. He needs people to sacrifice their lives for the greater good and for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Hux's, you know, dad says, okay, I'll stick around. Hux's dad, <laughs> mustache man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. I, I really wasn't expecting them to have like a full deep cover spy. Yeah, that was awesome. It was, it was such a huge reveal. And really, like, why is it always the gingers? Why is it always <laughs> the ginger people? Why is it Hux? Why is it this gentleman with a fantastic 80s moustache? We all bow down. Yes. Stunning. Yeah, that's a great moustache. Um, <laughs> cracker of a moustache. <laughs> because, it, 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 you know, you saw that movie uh, the, with the with the redhead kid grown up, right, John? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Problem child, was it? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> the redhead kid. I don't know. There's something up with the redheads. They're not... Yeah. 
suspicious Star Wars business. No, um, my partner very astutely pointed out that the whole thing with the undercover spy is very much like uh, the Enigma machine. I don't know how much you guys know, but have you seen the imitation game with Benedict Cumberbatch in it? Yes. Yes. Brief history, Johnny. Um, During World War II, the Germans used something called an Enigma machine to code all of their military information, all of their attack plans, everything, so that we, the British, the Americans, other European countries couldn't decode it and work out what they were doing. Mm. Um, Thanks to a small group of code breakers in Poland and Alan Turing, who is like a a British hero, um, decoded the broke the enigma machine and broke the code and were able to decode multiple parts of uh, german war plans over the next couple of years however this information they couldn't we couldn't let the germans know that we knew what was going on by changing any of their plans and one of these sacrifices was convoy pq17 which was a group of british ships taking supplies and german submarines were set to bomb them and we knew it was going to happen, but we couldn't stop it because otherwise the Germans would know they changed the code. We'd have to start the process all over yeah. again and we potentially would have lost the war. This situation with this undercover spy is very, very similar. Sacrifices have to be made. Anton Krieger's men, 50 men for the sake of the Empire not knowing. Right. <clears throat> really, like someone has really, really done their history. Uh, Tony Gilroy, small round of applause for your That's incredible writing. Sweet. Strategy wins wars. Mm-hmm. Strategy mm-hmm. wins wars. The heroes I, on the I mean, the battlefield is, you know, it's someone, you know, putting those people there and using mm-hmm. them as chess pieces. Yeah. To kind of yep. like piggyback off of that, Charlie, applauding Tony Gilroy, at least for me, I didn't even know Lonnie existed until this episode. Yeah. And I'm like... But I swear, like thinking back, he's been in other episodes Mm -hmm. and it's like it's so clever to me that just like the ISB, the audience doesn't pick up on this guy being there. And then you see him talking to Luthen, and he's a freaking deep undercover spy. I'm oh, like, 100%. God damn, that's terrifying. awesome. <laughs> I really don't know what I was expecting when that lift opened. I think I was expecting like maybe Vel or Mon Mothma. No, it's an ISB agent that we've seen in nearly every single roundtable scene yeah. since this series started. But what if it ends up being like The Departed and like the ISB have like a deep undercover on the Rebels side? What oh, if thank it you. This? Thank yeah. you, Charlie. Just about to mention it. You beat me to the punt. I love it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> they, they totally have to. It only makes sense that they would have somebody on, on that side, on the inside. Who that would be. My one thought was Clea, but I don't know. She oh, seems yes, a little. Yes. She's a little bit too gobby for my mm-hmm. taste. Yeah. She's a little bit too opinionated. For the shop girl. Oh, and she was insisting on, you know, let me go and talk to him. Mm-hmm. So maybe she was going to, like, shoot him or something. This is great. Yeah, you know, keep your, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. So she's, you know, right next to Axis, as they're calling him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. Do you love a spy drama? The intrigue, the espionage. The, yeah. Yes. Well, and here's the, the double thing, agents. It's, it's finally starting to feel more like the spy drama that I was expecting in the first episode. You know what yes. I mean? Like it's really starting to take form. So that's exciting. Um, Tony Yeroy, they did a, it's just been released actually, a really interesting interview with Variety magazine about the more adult themes that Andorra is covering. Um, and how that's quite a different take for Star Wars. And he talks very passionately about 
drawing from all aspects of history to inform his writing and his storylines within this series and also speaks very like excessively about how it's really important to him to make this a more adult more mature version of star wars because the fans are older the fans are more mature we've especially like the kids who were there for the prequels we're like i'm i've just turned 28 we're proper adults now so star mm. wars has to move with us mm. um, and the kiddies to pieces they've got so many little animated things to keep them happy mm. we need big grown-up star wars please because <laughs> i'm a big grown-up <laughs> right and when they grow up it'll be there waiting for them mm -hmm. right true but i think we're all like we're like this tony gilroy i think he's a you, you know i think he he likes his anthropology Mm -hmm. And we're getting a nice steady dose of it in this, uh, you know, in this series as far. And then just like we were getting it in the original with George Lucas and the prequels, like it's, you know, basic human behavior, you know, and, um, you know, people when they're um, pushed up against the wall, you know, how they react. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's a story that's been going on forever. And this is just a new, new version of it. So I, I got to love it. I love it. Johnny, I, more have of it. To, I have to ask you you finally got the action that you've been craving for like three episodes now was right. it worth the wait was the build-up worth the resolution uh 100 yes nice um, the, the the last couple and i i think Lido, you and i have talked like text via text and on the episodes where you know were some of these episodes like the three arcs where they paid off on the third episode uh, this one, 100%. Yes, it was great. I, I just, I don't know. I was edge of my seat through like the entire prison break. Andor Dang. actually did some badass stuff where he kind of got on that uh, little balcony elevator thing and shot the one dude in the leg. Yeah. And then he pulls like this Han Solo thing shortly after where that guy he shot like gets up and he just kind of almost no look shoots him. And I'm like, finally, Cassian is doing something in this episode because I feel like he's been like kind of mostly just talking kind of background to Mon Mothma and some of the other characters. Um, so it was nice to see him building up, you know, to become a hero. Uh, but yeah, He'll all the action was great. Stick. Like, do something. <laughs> right. And they're running down those corridors and they're, you know, they're pie in the corners and all that. I'm like, this is sweet. I was, yeah, I was so into it. Um, and also Melshi, I, I made a note, Melshi seems like he's got some soldier training to him, just mm. his movements and his action and all of that. I feel like he's, he's already ready to be in the rebellion because he was trained somewhere. I, I agree. I didn't know who the heck he was, you know, before all of this. I didn't even yeah. realize he was in Rogue I One, but now I like him. <laughs> yeah. Now I've rewatched Rogue One. I was like, oh. Right, there, yeah. that's who he is. There he is. The guy in two seconds of the movie. <laughs> yeah, the 2.2 seconds. Uh, can I just add, quickly add to your list, John, there? Um, just the music was very suspenseful. Finally, yes. Wasn't yeah. it amazing? Yeah, I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. I thought I thought their plans were going to get squashed the, every second yes. after, oh, yeah. they, after they, you know, attacked. And I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. It, mm -hmm. it really was a masterclass of not only building tension, but maintaining that tension to a point where it doesn't get boring or kind of understimulating. Because you can keep an audience hanging for sort of only so long, really, before right. people disengage naturally. 
but I think this was a combination of, of the shots, colour palette, movement, dialogue, music. It was all this kind of perfect harmony of terror. I was terrified for them. <laughs> yeah. Didn't it remind you guys of Camino and the cloning facilities and yes. the constant kind of repetition of the idea that they are worthless, they are less than human, they are disposable, they are bugs compared mm -hmm. to and also it's reminding us that these are these are ideas that we are familiar with as viewers and can you infer from that that the Empire took some of their prison systems from the cloning facilities? Ah. Yeah. All white, all uniform, all the same. Yeah. Everything's oh, so built yeah. on, on something else's ashes, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. Good point. Yeah, well said. Thank you. Um, yeah, the music, this, I wrote that in my notes. I just wrote music in all caps. I'm like, <laughs> finally, because the music for, you know, here and there, it's been okay. But for the most part, I would say overall, it's been very lacking to what we're mm. used to with Star Wars. But in this episode, yeah, Lito, I was... I was all in on the music. I'm like, mm -hmm. finally, it's pulling me in to what's happening on screen. Um, it that's was good. like, go ahead. Good, good directing. That's good directing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good director right there doing that. Speaking of music, I don't know if you guys have noticed that over the course of these 10 episodes, the opening theme has changed almost every time. Mm -hmm. I never caught that. It starts off very kind of light, sort of one or two instruments playing like a very delicate theme. And as the episodes grow, it, it builds in layers. You end up with more strings, more percussion, more depth. And then by this point, we've got like a full orchestral intro. And then we yeah. have that little deviate, deviation of the synth episode. That was fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I noticed that mostly because I'll hit skip intro and it doesn't <laughs> let me skip that bleeping part. <laughs> so every time it comes up i'm like oh planet no it's just the intro calm I, down same i know every me time too. like you'd think after 10 episodes we'd be like oh okay this is just gonna say and or no it's like every day when, <laughs> when i sat down to watch the first episode because i was so excited i was ready to see references in anything there was that crescent of the moon and i was like it's a death star that's no moon <sighs> uh, charlie chill out <laughs> just chill that's great <laughs> That's so cool. Mad. Oh, Lito, mm. since since you haven't asked it yet, and I'm going to throw this sheet of notes to the side, action figure? Oh, yeah, dude. <gasps> Can I go uh, first? Oh, no. Uh, i my thunder, but go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you asked. You go first. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're probably not going to steal my thunder, but it would totally be Lonnie, the mustache man. <laughs> nice. I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like so intrigued by this character. I'm like, all right, I need an action figure of him. I need a backstory. Um, but my runner up would be Cinta on Ferrix. Cinta. Cinta nice. watching, uh, you know, Cinta and Vel. Yes. Yeah. That would be my runner up figure. Okay. Cinta is the, uh, is she the Indian girl? Yes. I, okay, cool. Yeah. Indian. I'm sorry if that's wrong. I don't know how else to no, say I, it. I, no, but but definitely mustache man. Like I think yes. in his in his ISB uniform and in what he was wearing when he talked to Luthen. Two pack of two. Yes, very good, mm. very good. Nice. Yeah. And a little Bluetooth earpiece. A reversible cape. <laughs> yes. Does his mustache? Leather for his disguise, white for the ISB. There we go. Perfect. 
Can you remove the mustache for like another, yeah, you know, for undercover operations? Ooh, it's like those yes. glasses, the little glasses with the nose and mustache. With the nose, yeah, with the little grouch nose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, could he have one of those like transformer hologram things that he rubs, and like it'll look like uh, the Empire, but then you rub it, and then it'll be the re- rebellion. Yeah, you dunk uh, him in like hot it. water and he turns bright orange like a rebel yes. pilot uniform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be the best figure ever right there. Dude, that guy's Why so are we not working for Hasbro and Black Series? What are we doing? <laughs> because we would make them too much money. Yeah, we would. We would simply make them too much. And they and would we, have to do too much work. Yes. And we wouldn't overprice all of our figures like they do. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> Suck it, Hasbro. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I, I, obviously, I would say Kino, mostly just so I can have an Andy Circus figure. Oh, However, so the, the slightly twisted part of me would quite enjoy having like the medic man in his white and blue with his little hover trolley and his little bag. Yes, that's a good one. Wasn't he in Harry Potter? Possibly. I feel like I heard somebody say that. I have not watched those films in a long time, so I could not ask ask the missus, ask the wife, ask Jen. She's, she's watched Jen, it, though, listen. and she didn't say anything. She's like, I had to tell her that, uh, uh, what's his name, Cyril's mom was in Harry Potter. Mm. And I had to, like, show her a picture, and she's like, oh, my God, how did I not know that? And I'm like, I didn't either. I just, I heard it on a different show. You know? Can I get a bust of the guy's feet getting electrocuted as my figure? Bro, are you okay? <laughs> With the water. How about uh, that? I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> Would that work? No, because it just reminds me of Dylan from Under the Helmet absolutely going on about Wanda's feet in that feet statue from bloody Multiverse of Madness. Like, enough, <laughs> enough with the feet, please. <laughs> I'm just like, it's probably the last time we get to see feet in the episode. I just want to, you know, remember. You want to memorialize it, okay. Uh, yeah, you know how it goes. But with um, a little electricity on it, though? A little bit of electricity in the water and just like, Ooh. you know. You know what you could do is you could put a little Palpatine figure by the the ah. bust of the feet and it would look like he's zapping them <laughs> there you go that's uh that's a great idea no uh my figure would be uh olaf in the bag uh in the trolley it can go with my medic figure it can be a two-pack there you go yes a combo nice another playset. <laughs> yes because i do feel bad about that guy i do yeah really i felt nothing does that make you cold? Like, uh, you cold, cold. <laughs> they spent like three episodes like making him struggle at the table and everybody trying to pick him back up. Like you're supposed to like as a, sorry. He was, he was dead weight. I don't know what to tell you. Wow. He was slowing them down. Wow. <laughs> hey, we can't all be nice okay, on this freaking Palpatine. show. <laughs> Kill him. Kill him now. Kill him now. Put him in the bag before he dies. <laughs> Rip Olaf. Push him through the whole prison so everyone must see. Yeah. <laughs> why? Uh, yeah, why did they roll him through there or float him through there? Um, a power move. Yeah. This it, will happen to you. Yeah, this will happen yeah. to you. Like the whole immediate non compliance will cause the floors to be made active at our discretion without warning. Ooh, do you think they bag up all the bodies like on the one floor? Yeah, that's a lot. He, of work. The medic would do it. The singular medic would do it himself, and it would take him like a week. Right. Or um, also, 
really sad for the guy who's just entered the unit, just arrived here, and oh, he gets yeah. zapped and then shot. Ooh, but he does zap somebody first, which I thought oh, was really cool. Good, that good was move nice. on him. Yeah. I Hero appreciate moment. the the first act of rebellion in that sense was somebody completely new. So I think it gave everyone else the confidence to be like, okay. Right. <laughs> that guy got on board real quick. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. He said, Our I'm program. not having this. You've taken away my shoes. <laughs> I, yeah, he went from like terrified while they were running him through all the motions to like with that uh, stun stick in his hand. He looked pissed. He's like, all right, I'm going to zap some people. So. How beautiful though with the group that like Kino had assigned going to the other prison groups to the other floors and these prisoners standing in shock and confusion expecting like this expecting a guard to turn up and it's the prisoners going one way out yeah. oh this I as I <laughs> I went to see Les Mis um at the theater oh. for oh, my nice. anniversary it was absolutely incredible absolutely amazing um, my entire theory this whole time is that anyone, the people who've been writing Andor have also been watching Les Mis because I'm getting real Viva La Revolution vibes. Mm, no <laughs> it's way. It's a full, like, will you hear, do you hear the people sing moment. <laughs> wow. wow. That's a great comparison. Yeah. I see it. I can see it. And Cassian and Jean Valjean and you can, it's, yeah, it's like a whole, <laughs> I'll cover it next episode. I'll cover it in the finale episode. My I'm, thesis, I'm... please, on why Les Mis and Andor are the same. <laughs> We demand a thesis. Yes. Same, same you story. Don't say that because I will write one. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I, I'm not really familiar with Les Mis, so I think that that would be kind of an experience Excellent. for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Soon> you will be. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> I liked the, on, on the subject of them going to the other floors, the, uh, what was his name? Ham goes into the one uh, prison floor and he's like you know one way out join us and then runs away and everyone in the prison's looking up like what and then the elevator starts to move and then they're like oh okay let's go <laughs> i thought that was great hey, people get on board real quick you know yeah and they're the all feeling floor, the same stuff the other floor uh they shoot the one guard and he goes through the window and drops mm -hmm. down and everyone's like yeah <laughs> i was right there with him i'm like yeah <laughs> screaming at the television fully i actually clapped when the episode was over nice I was just like yes nice. <laughs> like it wasn't like a you know full on but i like clapped my hands twice i was like this was great dude i mean clear bad guys clear good guys star wars at its best um mm -hmm. you know the bad guys wear black good guys wear white with yes. a little bit of orange yeah you know with a and <laughs> you know just to tweak it and you know people like Live, you know, fighting for their lives and 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 getting out of an oppressive situation, a, a hopeless situation, and just seeing their 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 lives given back to them, you know. And what are you gonna do with that, you know? What you know what I mean? And like, just like instant, like it's in the faces. They mm -hmm. light up. They light up from like depression and you know and everything to like exuberance and like life and exploding oh. with. Yeah, hope and love and, you know, everything. Like, all in an instant. You this, know, floor by floor. It's awesome. This whole episode was bursting with hope, and it was absolutely beautiful. It really was. Yeah, I looked it up on IMDB, and I'm 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 shocked. It's got a 9.6 out of 10. It's 6.3 thousand people, like, this you know, episode? reviewing it, rating it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's gigantic. 
Well, I mean, that doesn't surprise me, though. This was probably, I mean, I think most people are probably in agreement that this was the best episode of the season. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about how no one was watching, but I think people are, you know, it's maybe that's a lot. That's a lot of, I mean, that's a, that's a good amount of ratings for, for this, for the TV show that. Finally, the fandom menace is united for once. (laughs) Yeah, see how long that lasts. (laughs) And Baker. Um. Oh, I also I wanted to before I forget we were talking about uh one of our listeners who dressed up as Barf from Spaceballs. Yes. (laughs) And and he like. He he wrote something like you know thanks for the shout out sort of because like we couldn't remember his name so Beardy McBeardison, rock oh, on man Beardy McBeardison yes yeah nice so there's the Bar. shout out I promised he's a good guy <laughs> yes way the to go was awesome it was so good he went the full hundred is awesome right now he just needs oh. a, a lone star to join him. Uh, Charlie, uh, what, what uh, cosplay ideas on the episode? Any, any, any uh, potential cosplay? Uh... Ooh, mustache man. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, mustache man, hundred <laughs> percent. Screw Cyril, I'm going to do mustache man. Um, not for this episode, but I have seen. Um, I think her Instagram handle is Zoo Girl HQ. Um, she did a really gorgeous Bix cosplay. Really? And it's been really nice to see that cosplay, like that character being not. I haven't seen Cassian or anyone, just Bix. She seems to be the real fan favorite at the moment. Hmm, how about that? I know. <laughs> Excellent taste. <laughs> okay. I I have to go with the Davos guy. His his getup looked pretty 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 cool. <laughs> oh yeah, very you know? sleek, very fashionable. Yeah. Mothma's entire wardrobe is just immaculate. She is dressed Absolutely. so, I hope this does not sound ageist in the slightest, she's dressed so beautifully for her age, like it's so graceful and so elegant and just mature and, oh. Right, and her hair's done really nice. And... Why is she not my wife? <laughs> <laughs> you keep making this point like... and it doesn't happen, when is it going to be me? <laughs> I think she's only like 40-something too. So Wait. I think maybe they add some age to her look Stop. like in the show. Because like out of out of her Mon Mothma, you know, outfits and all of that, she looks a lot different. Mm. I think she has blonde hair, maybe. Um, yeah, she's very blonde in I think in a new hope, like mega blonde. Obviously that's a different actress, but Oh right. Um Yeah, it's she's really kind of dressed down in a new hope. Here she's she's pretty, you know, I'm her, wondering her, her if it, it shows that they're kind of implying that not only does she sacrifice her family, but she sacrifices her affluence Ooh. because the rebellion requires secrecy and she can no longer be in. The, I'm jumping ahead, obviously. Um, she's, you know, no longer can be in the public eye, has been found out, been discovered, has to hide. So it becomes these much simpler. I think and then there's gonna... Padme, who remained extravagant until the day she died, like right. the extra queen that she is. Um <laughs> A hundred and forty something outfit changes across the entirety of Star Wars. I I appreciate every single one. Oh, I do. But <laughs> good gracious me. I need to talk to you guys at some point about the costuming budgets for the prequel films because there is there are some costumes in there that appear for two seconds on screen and cost more money than I'd make in a year. <laughs> uh, I bet, yeah. He's he spared no expense in nope. those 
in the making mm-hmm. of those films, he knew he was going to be dealing with that problem. Yeah. Yep. And now we have Daddy Disney budget, which is unending. <laughs> Very every true. Month, every month. And eternally, it's the deepest pocket they have ever put their hand in. And I'm not complaining in the slightest. <laughs> Do you guys think she's going to, you know, send her daughter off to meet this kid? Yes. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. The her, I mean, really, her acting too. Uh, when Davos walked away, and his name's actually Davo, but it's Sir Davos from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's just <laughs> embedded in our brains at this point. Um, but when be. he he walked away, and she like shudders, like she's like, I can't, you know, I can't even mimic it. It was like it was so like she knows what she has to do, one way out, mm-hmm. and it's. I think that that's going to be what what turns her to sort of that stone cold Bon Mothma we see in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why her daughter's upset. Maybe because she knows what her fate is, that she's going to be used as one of uh, these, you know, yep. betrothed, uh, you know, pieces to for family, you know, you know, to gain something for the family. Or to join mm-hmm. a family with another family, you know? Is it weird that she looks nothing like her mother? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Like, is she even her daughter? Ooh. Because Perrin seems like a, you know, a D-bag, but a player. What is what is the Star Wars equivalent of, like, Maury? Um, <laughs> and, like, Jeremy Carl, what is the Star Wars equivalent of the family drama show? I think that I think she I don't know. It seems like she maybe cares about her daughter. If it's like actually her daughter, then, yeah, she probably cares about her. But if she's not really her daughter, she probably still cares. But for the rebellion, I think think she she has to. She really has realized that she has to do everything if she wants this to succeed. Mm -hmm. And and to switch it a little bit to to Davos or Davo, whatever, uh, to his point of view, like you got to give him props for like. You know, money is no object. It's all about status mm-hmm. and working mm-hmm. my way up society and, and, you know, having my kid, you know, being a higher echelon and a higher part of society than I could achieve with my reputation or whatever. But now if I marry my kid to this person's kid, you know, wow, the next they can, you know, he's got her. He He knows that what she needs, he can provide, but he doesn't need anything from her. You know, other than have our children get married. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all there is. So, And it's so clean cut as well. It leaves her with no exposed ends. He covers everything. He handles everything. And he's really, it seems like what he's offering her is a really simple exchange for exactly what she wants. And it's just mm-hmm. perfection. Absolute, absolute perfection. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful scene. Like for real. Like I'm, I was in awe. Uh, of the dialogue, I was in awe of what they were talking about, how they were talking. We talked about that earlier, mm-hmm. um, and and the whole way it ends, and then he's like, "That's the la- that's the you know the first untrue thing you said, you know," because mm-hmm. uh, like they were in talking at that double talk and whatnot. And like, whoa, this is freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, it was a great scene. I loved it. I don't really have a whole lot else other than. Um, we got to see some more underbelly of Coruscant when uh, when Lonnie was going to talk to Luthen. We got a couple of aliens thrown in there, which was a nice touch. Um, mm-hmm. 
Oh, I also wrote down, is Lonnie possibly Luthen's son? Because of <gasps> some of the things he said, I think about you constantly. And Oh, yeah, that was very touching. Yeah. Everybody seems connected, so I'm just like, could they be related? Also, I don't know if it's me just on a bit of a Hellraiser kick at the moment. Um, some of my favourite horror films of all time. Um, <laughs> Luthen standing on that tiny bridge with all the arches behind him and that kind of never-ending depth of Coruscant was very Hellraiser 2, the Leviathan, the Hell Maze. Mm. Really reminded me of that. <laughs> It's just too good. I have now officially chewed through through all of my notes. <laughs> I do have one quote that I'm surprised none of us said, and I, it's on my last part. I'd rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want. Oh. Cassian says it to Kino early on, and then later when Kino's making his speech over the PA, he looks at yeah. Cassian and repeats those words. Like showing Cassian that, yeah, you inspired me. Mm hmm. And yeah, and or pushing him to be like, is that all you've got? Yeah. Is that's that it? Great too. <laughs> I mean, if you're bringing up quotes, you know, I have to say the one that um, Kino says, no one is getting out, he screams it. Yeah. And yeah. that the dramatic shift of the episode changes. You know, everybody knows what's yeah. going to happen. Um, I thought that was pretty huge. It came out pretty early in the episode mm -hmm. after, you know. So. You really think he's not going to crack and then there's this huge tone shift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, I felt it like physically. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, everybody knows it. No one knows when it's going to start. And, you know, it's it's like the big elephant in the room. You know what I mean? And then when someone, it's like the Emperor's New Clothes, like everyone's got a new, you know, outlook after that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it just needed to be said. And it needed to be said by him. Like, yes. yeah. Then like Cassian like, knows that he can't. As much as they pick him as a leader, they follow him. He can't lead them. This is Kino and it can only be Kino. He's, mm -hmm. he's carried them all these years through all these like days and days and days of work. And Cassian is now finally learning what it is to be a true leader, to step back sometimes and let others carry and let others lead. Oh, the storytelling. I can't, I cannot get over how, I'm not the only person I've seen saying this, but how uninterested I was by the trailers and uninterested by the announcements that this was going to be a show. And I don't like Rogue One and I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I am absolutely every waking moment of my day is spent thinking about is it wednesday yet is it nearly wednesday yet damn that's awesome, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's so good yeah what are they going to do next week you never you know we don't know this i can't this the, yeah this is yeah like i think i said earlier this is the first time where i'm like wow i i can't wait till next week now this episode pulled me in so mm -hmm. leto if it starts with Cyril and Deja in bed, yes. I am going to call you and scream down the phone at you. Do you no secretly work Sorry, I, leak. I got an advanced script, yeah, that I'm kind of picking apart, uh, picking from. But then I'm also giving you wrong things, so you don't know I have the script. Ah, so that's why you're not breaking the NDA, right? That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Exactly. That's good stuff. It really wouldn't see. surprise me. Even if they don't make that scene, you know what? That scene's happening in my head, and mm -hmm. it's 
I'm it's sure still, it is. It's so good. <laughs> no, I'm extremely excited for next week's episode. And as always, to speak to you guys again about it, because that's kind of, I think, why I get so excited about new Star Wars, because it's new Star Wars, and then I get to talk to my friends about it. Yes, right. this is so much fun. I couldn't wait, yeah. I was like, it's so hard waiting a couple of days after I watch. Leto, I love this, like, embargo that you have of absolutely not speaking about the show to Johnny, whereas Johnny and I are like... <laughs> I just, it, it just, like, it comes out, I, 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 I explode Do you worry you're going to lose all the good stuff? Yeah. We've been doing know. it a, a minute, and that's the way I, I think works that's best. That's sweet, though. I like it. Yeah. I, so as you guys do talk about things, I, I did not know. This. Like not, I don't think like a ton, <laughs> not, but like not in detail. Yeah, it's all but good. no, there's definitely a lot of like, especially capital letters from my end. Oh, <laughs> always. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, if Charlie, if if you're not okay with this, that's cool. But like, well, if if we somehow we can watch an episode together, like, yeah, I don't know, like real time watch it. I don't know. Um, Disney Plus uh, has a share feature. Mm-hmm. Oh, it has like a group play. Maybe well, we should actually, watch the finale together. <laughs> I, don't, I was actually going to suggest when Mando started up that we should try to work out a way to watch the first episode together, like through that that watch thing on Disney Plus. I think that would be awesome. That would be so cool. That'd be cool. I would love. Yeah, I would love to do that. I, yeah, and and get like real real time. Like yeah, you record know. us like you know watching in real time and. I have the ugliest reaction faces. Don't do this to me. Right, and 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 I know you watch it with your 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 people, your partners, and like I don't want to take you oh, away from that. No, it's fine. All it's all right. Time. Sydney's not been watching Andor, so it's just been me and Nick. Oh, oh. really? Throw a mic over there. I would love to. I would love to. Watch, especially Mando. I'm so excited. We've got bad bat. <laughs> We've got bad batch next. Pretty much just as soon as Andor finishes. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought they bumped that like way out. I Is think it... it's it's either Christmas or it's spring. I want to say mm. I need to double check. I'm fairly sure Bad Batch is what comes next. Nice. Okay. Or is it not? Oh, I don't don't quote me on that. Nobody quote me on that. Is it this... January fourth? No kidding. For the oh, Bad boy. Batch. So it's actually going to overlap the Mandalorian then. Mm-hmm. Okay. How are we going to do that? I don't. <laughs> We're know. not. We're not. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna sub out that bad batch to a different show. Okay. Uh, we'll, yeah. You know, we'll have those guys take that one. We'll take Mandalorian. Okay. Right. So the Clone Army Radio Two will take that. Nice. Show. Nice. Oh, and I did yeah. hear somewhere that yeah, Canadian uh, ranch. I think they're already starting <laughs> to shoot Mando season four soon as well. So. Ooh. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, My plan is working. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so you guys good? We yes. Cutting out? Yes. As always, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see everybody next week. May the Schwartz be with you. Yes, may that Schwartz be with you. May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I almost hung up. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> you turned off, turned the, off the wall. The wall. <laughs> Do it. Admiral Yet.